With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I think we're having some kind of internet problems. Let's look. Uh, on my screen, it says three hours. Yeah, there's something definitely wrong. I don't believe anybody can hear me, but um, we'll give it a shot. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. I think we're having problems. Your clock is behind. Okay, maybe that's it. Who knows? All right, we're going to, I don't know if this is behind. Okay, it's, it's, um, we're having some difficulties, folks, in case you can, in case you can hear me. It's 6.59. It's actually 6.07. 6.07. Make it 6.08. Okay, straight up Chicago time. I'm on the air, but you can't hear me, so I'm thinking that it's... All right, we are on the air. I'm not sure. Let me let me do this. I'm pretty sure that it's going to respond. And we're back My. now with the roundtable, and I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. This, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're finally on the air, folks. Uh, we're having some difficulty here, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry for all of that. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I hope everybody had a great Christmas and a great and, and a happy new year to come. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've been having some technical difficulties, and I, and I apologize for that. You're listening to... You're listening to the uh, <laughs> edit version of the George Wilder Jr. Show. My earphones are not working, but somehow uh, my voice is getting through. And um, we're going to do this, and we'll be right back, folks. Just hang in there. Uh, we're going to see what's going on with the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to do, let's see, can we find something to, what about this break music?
All right, folks, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is very, very cold in the city of Chicago. It may be just as cold as where you are. We are having some difficulties, internet difficulties. It could be because of the extreme cold weather here in Chicago and in other places. I mean, I woke up this morning, folks, it was freezing in the studio here. Yeah, I had to make some adjustments (laughs) quickly. And uh, I had a great Christmas. Um, I hope you had a great Christmas. It was wonderful. And uh, family, friends, uh, you know, old friends sometimes, and uh, folks you haven't seen in a long time. But this is the time of year to get together with everybody. Uh, Christmas is over. It's over, but uh, the holidays are still among us because we have next week, uh, we have <laughs> we have uh, New Year's, New Year's. And uh, I, I hope everybody out there had a great Christmas. A great time. Uh, there are some people who are still off work. Uh, we were off here uh, uh, two days. We were off Christmas and the, and the day after Christmas. Of course, the weekends are usually the days that we're off because there's, you know, there's other things that um, yours truly have to get done. But uh, we're on four days a week, Monday through Thursday, as always, for about two or three years now. Uh, and uh, 6 o'clock p.m., Chicago time to 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. 7.30, sometimes 8 p.m. depends on how the show is going and if it's going great, beautiful, and everything, then we are on. Um, I'm looking at the marquee here, and it says my guest is author Brian Johnston, advocate. We'll find out what he's an advocate of. (laughs) All right, and, and as always, commentary on the George Wilder Jr. show. And uh, making the world a better place, that's what it's all about, is making the world a better place. And I hope you can hear this show and hear me clearly. Uh, if there's any breaking up or skipping or, or anything like that uh, uh, in the audio, I apologize. I totally apologize. But, folks, it's the weather here. And, and when you're on the Internet, you know, it, it's in, it's out, it's out, it's in. You know, anything can uh, affect it. But the weather, I believe, is is actually uh, causing a lot of difficulty, and I'm hoping that uh, this show is getting out there on the air. If not, we're going to check it out after it's over, after this podcast and process, and see if it really um, is worth uh, archiving. All right. Uh, This is George Wilder Jr. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here. I have a heater right here, folks. Yeah, because it's it's very, very cold. It's not not anything to do with... um, the furnace or the radiators or, or, or the space heaters or anything like that. It's just cold. And if you have space heaters or you have your stove on, uh, and, and if that's all the heat you can garner, make sure you're careful with it, okay? Space heaters and leaving the stove on um, is not recommended. I don't even recommend it. But if you have no heat at all whatsoever in your house or your apartment, I would probably say cut on the radiator. I mean, cut on the stove, but keep a close eye on it. Keep uh, flammable objects and paper, like paper stuff, like away from the fire. If you have a space heater, you know, keep it spacey. Have nothing around it. Uh, it is ex ex, if I can say, extremely cold. It is totally cold. Um, I don't have to tell you that, you know. And they're saying it's going to even get colder by New Year's. And New Year's Day. So 
I was one of those folks that were saying we had such a great summer here in the city of Chicago, and I love it here in the city of Chicago. We had a great summer, such a great summer. I, I was telling everybody that the saying that's going to be a really, really beautiful winter. I didn't think it was going to be so damn cold. You know, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> and But not, I'm not always wrong. Um, it's pretty damn cold, and that's one of the reasons I believe we're having internet problems. Maybe I need some new equipment. Who knows? Um, we're going to be working on that for the new year, getting new equipment for the radio show. So, But everything, anything that you buy, or, uh, anything that I try to buy or obtain for the radio show, it's always acceptable to breaking or acting up because this is the internet. You know, it's, it's, it, it's internet, and it happens to the best of us. You know, I mean, there's a thousand, maybe a million internet radio shows around the country, and any any one of them can tell you. And one of the things I do admire about some of the guests that come on the show, that come onto this show, uh, whenever I'm having uh, internet problems or anything like that, or computer problems in the midst of an interview, in the middle of an interview, they're always so understanding. They're always so wanting to help. <laughs> what, is it, what the hell is it, George? You know, they always want, I say, hey, wow, it's the internet. What can I tell you? I mean, it, 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 Sometimes it, you know, works. Sometimes it doesn't work, but it's all we have. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it doesn't matter whether it's Wi-Fi or whether it's um, a hard line or battery operated, whatever. <laughs> the Internet, it's it's uh, full of, uh, I mean, I, I had this job once, and um, I was working in an office for three, uh, two or three years, maybe three or four years maybe. And every now and then we had about, let's see, it was about 20 to 30 people working in this office, including myself. And every other week or every week maybe, work would stop completely. Nothing would get done because the internet was down because it was all online related uh, uh, things that we were, we were doing. It was all online related, you know. And... Um, Whenever that internet goes down, the whole office <laughs> was just on standstill. People would run out and get milkshakes, hamburgers. What's hey, What's going on? Oh, the computer's down. And they say it's going to be down for about an hour. And, you know, so and people understand that because if, if anybody's out there and you have, have work that you do online, you know that every now and then something screws up and it's not your fault. It's not the computer. It's something um, – uh, coming from somewhere else that is making your life difficult if you have if you use your computer for your job and for your work as I do. All right, uh, you've been you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, uh, making the world a better place one show at a time. Guest Brian Johnstone. If that happens, it we don't know, but anyway, uh, hate has no home here. Be nice to one another out there. It is so easy. Stay warm. <laughs> Totally stay warm uh, any way you can because, I mean, you can have the best heat in the world. I mean, you can have the best heat in the world and you will still uh, feel some of that, you know, uh, uh, cold from the outside. I mean, you you have to kind of seal the cracks in your windows or the cracks in your door or whatever. If you have any cracks anywhere, uh, find out where those cracks are and, and, and uh, uh, seal those cracks or golf those cracks, you know, because that air will get in there and it will accumulate and, you know, you'll be in trouble. 
you know, the, uh, the, before you start turning on a lot of other equipment because your radiators can be working, your 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 heaters can be working, your furnace can be working, but still, in all, if you don't gulp those um, those uh, air bucks, those air leaks that's coming through that window, you know, you, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when it comes to, <laughs> you know, midnight or something, you know, so seal those windows, shut those windows tightly, make sure that there's no air coming through them, check the holes, uh, the holes, you know, the, the entrance or the uh, uh, holes that might be in the door that's letting the air in, you know, so uh, keep yourself safe, keep yourself warm. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show, uh, doing the best we can <laughs> with the weather, and it's, it's a mess, and uh, I do think we're still having problems here with the radio show, folks, but, you know, um, at least if I can hear my voice talk coming back at me, which is a good sign, it means that you can hear me also. Um, all right, this show is about making the world a better place one show at a time. I don't want to spend the whole show on on talking about Internet problems or anything like that. I want to just move on and say, hey, I hope you guys had a great Christmas. I hope it's a wonderful, wonderful 2017 for you. And thank you so much for tuning in, listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Um, we're going to be here as long as we can because I love what I do. I love uh, everything about it, and I'm and I'm just so thrilled that there's so many people out there who also uh, love the George Wilder Jr. Show. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it all the time, and I do appreciate it, and I do appreciate it all. And I do appreci- appreciate my readers also. I, I've got a few readers. Of, um, yeah, a few maybe. <laughs> But um, actually, I can have more than a few. I'm just being facetious here. But, you know, I appreciate my readers telling me that um, how much they like uh, the things that I write. And uh, some of the stories are short, and they're always asking me or something. to. And uh, it's just beautiful. I, I, I do love all your comments. I do love the fact that you listen all the time and that you are a frequent listener. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Even if we have monumental problems, <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best of us. And um, I'll, I'll follow me on Facebook. You can follow me right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, um, yeah, follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me. Um, Google me. I'm all over the place. Uh, you know, there was one time I, I go- actually Googled myself. I don't usually Google myself. I don't know what the hell I'm going to find, but there was uh, there one time I Googled myself. My name is George Wilder Jr., and you know, what a, that's such a common name, and George Wilder Jr. or George Wilder is a name that is held by other people. There's other George Wilder Juniors out there, George Wilders. And, you know, I Google myself. Uh, you see what I'm trying? You see where I'm trying to go with this? Um, and I Googled myself, George Wilder Jr. It was, you know, and suddenly what popped up was a bunch of criminals with my name. <laughs> you know, that's not me. And, but, and then I contacted Google and I tried to give them the right information and say, hey, wow, hey. I have a account with you guys. Why are you putting up all of these these prisoners with my name? Because you know I I don't want 
one of the things you try uh, not to do is have a bad online reputation, you know, and and I I try to uh, stay ahead of that because if there's someone with my name who has maybe you know robbed a thousand stores of banks or whatever, you know, I don't want people thinking that's me, you know. But most people are are pretty good at figuring things out. They they know that 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 there's a lot of uh, 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 people with the same names, you know, Sam Brown. Just think about how many Sam Browns there are, you know. So and there's a lot of George Wilders, but I try to but but I try to uh, make myself. I'm stuttering here, folks, because I'm wondering if the computer is going to go off on me. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, because I know that pissed some of the people off. That that can piss a lot of the interviewers off, and they'll say, "Ah, the George Wilder doing your show stinks," you know. But um, um, yeah, I googled myself once, and I didn't like it. They, the, the people I, that I pulled up was not me, and I tried to convince uh, Google of that, and they took these guys down. You know, <laughs> I don't want people thinking that, you know, uh, that I'd done time in prison and I'd never been in prison in my life. All right. Uh, Brian Johnstone, advocate of some kind, is going to be on the show, hopefully, and he's going to tell us what he's an advocate of. I'm pretty sure he sent the information when he when he emailed me and I and I approved his appearance to be on the show. But, you know, I, I've gotten so many things to do, so so many things that, you know. Uh, needs my attention, and I have to uh, try to uh, uh, solve a lot of problems, and even some of my own too. So, and uh, I'm pretty sure, but he's going to tell us what he's an advocate of. A lot of times, I don't really don't like reading someone's bio on, in the email. I rather get them on the show so they can surprise me with it. I think that's a lot better for me. But I know sometimes people who want to be on the show, they'll send in questions for me to ask them, and. I really turn that down kind of because I want to ask the questions I want to ask. But I, I understand them wanting to get whatever they do out there. So it, it's, it's, it's a give and take. You know, I'll, I'll use questions, but, uh, but I'm going to ask more of my own questions because I want to, you know, I don't, I don't want the show to be scripted. You know, I just wanted it to be spontaneous. You know, just, you know, people just talk off the top of their head and I just ask questions. And that's more fun to me than to have a show that's scripted. The George Wilder Jr. show right here on Block Talk Radio has never been scripted. I've never, I, people come on the show, they're scripted, but I have never been scripted. I don't let myself be scripted because uh, if someone comes on the show and starts talking about something I know exactly nothing about, I'm going to still engage this, this, this guest and, and the audience out there that's listening. It's going to still be some give and take, even if I don't know what the hell they're talking about or, you know, whatever. But I try to pride myself in trying to know a little bit about everything. But I, you know, it, it happens. It works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show at 628 uh, p.m. Chicago time and wherever you are in the world. I had I had a person, Australia. I've had people call from um, Timbuktu. <laughs> All around the world, I get guests on the show from all around the world, call in from all around the world, and that is just so cool. Isn't that cool? And I want to thank everybody for doing that. I have, uh, And I have a slew of uh, guests for uh, the beginning of January 2018. So I have a whole month of guests. 
And so that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. We were off two days, two days celebrating Christmas, just like you guys are. Well, it was fun. It was so fun. Like you, I've got, I've gained a few pounds. <laughs> I've gained a few pounds. The food was good. And uh, that we still have some leftovers in the, in the refrigerator. And I've gained some, a few pounds. And I'm going to be uh, doing a lot of... Um, running and walking and and uh, going to the gym to try to take some of it off or if not you know some of it off you know um i try to diet i really do try to diet but i can't i try to diet and but but i know a lot of people who who exercise to death and they look great and they're not on diets they're not you know they're eating anything that they want but they're exercising it right off. I mean, a person, you know, put on a thousand calories, they go out and walk for two or three hours and burn it off. You know, they burn it right off. They just eat whatever they want to eat. And you got celebrities who, who do that also. Uh, I'm not saying that's a good thing. That may be good for some people. Some people can do it. Maybe some people can't. We all have different metabolisms. So, um, I try dieting. I really do eat, <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work. But I do know I try to eat the right things because I know at a certain age, uh, you can't eat just everything out there. You have to be uh, sort of um, choosy at what, at what you're eating, especially if you're getting up in age. You just can't go out there and just plop anything down in your mouth. You're going to be laying in, in your grave if you do that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Dooney Show. If in, and if anybody's out there who have overeaten for the holidays, just, I mean, uh, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just for the holiday. I mean, for the rest of the year, you're probably going to be out there exercising, eating right, you know, doing, doing all the right things. But when the holidays come around, you say, hey, well, it's the holidays. I'm going to splurge. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to uh, keep to my diet because it's, it's a holiday. I'm going to go ahead and eat some of this cake, this pie. <laughs> drink some pop or something soda pop uh and uh and for the next two or three days or you know a week then start trying to work it off that's that's a good thing that you can work this stuff off yeah you can work it right on off i'm, I'm listening to myself you can work it right on out yeah okay i hope that that is something uh positive that you can do i mean because a lot of people are trying to uh, they'll be talking about their New Year's resolutions. And uh, hey, wow. Whatever work you do, be the best. Whatever work that you do, no matter what you do, if you um, sweep floors, be the best at it. If you mop floors, be the best at it. If you're executive uh, of a million-dollar corporation, be the best at it. No matter what you do, be the best at it. it it's um across the street from my studio every now and then you know i will see this guy he's a janitor or or something and he this guy i respect him so much he's a janitor he sweeps floors he washes windows uh, but i respect him so much because he acts and and he acts and exhumes that professionalism. You know, I, I and some people are saying, well, how do you be, how do you act like a professional if you mop floors? It's just, this guy does. 
And when someone acts like a professional at whatever they're doing, you're going to treat that person like a professional. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And what you're doing is nothing. What you could be doing is beneath you or beneath anybody else. I mean, I see this guy sweeping floors, mopping floors. I'm saying to myself, hey, wow, he's doing what he wants to do. Maybe he's going to lift himself up out of that and do, get, and do something better. But whatever you do, try to be good at it. It doesn't matter what you do. Try to be good at it and try to love what you do. That's the best part. And have fun at what you do. There are so many jobs out here that are, you shouldn't make your job tedious. You shouldn't make it, uh, you shouldn't really hate it. If you hate it, then you should probably leave and find something that's going to make you happy. Um, that's, that's another thing that, that will make you want to um, turn out to be a professional. You know, be a professional what you do. Someone says, what is a professional? My definition of a professional is someone who has probably been doing what they've been doing for at least two or three years. And some people uh, go less than that. They'll say, well, a professional, professional is someone who's been doing something for at least one year or more. Because basically professionals, they don't have jobs. They have careers. They are going to be doing whatever the hell they're doing for the rest of their lives. Careers. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Fox Talk Radio at 635. At least the clock over here says it's 635. And uh, we're going to take a small break right here. Let's see what we can do. All right, Trump, uh, as you know, Donald Trump and, and the Republicans, they passed this tax reform bill. Elizabeth Warren is, um, and so many other Democrats are, you know, are, um, are, are saying not so nice things about it. But, um, but now that they passed this tax bill, everybody's wondering what's next. And a lot of people are fearing that what is next is Social Security, Medicaid, um, Medicare. Those are what's next. But I don't think the Republicans are going to mess with uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and um, they want to. They want to. They really do want to. But since 2016, November 2016, I mean 2018, what I'm saying 2016, November 6, 2018, 18, they are afraid that they're going to get wiped out. They're going to lose leadership in Congress, in both houses. They're afraid that the voters are going to just kick their asses out of, uh, out of Congress. They're going to hold off on it until, until they see what's happening because the pulse of the country is that 90% of the people do not like Republicans. 90% of the people do not like Donald Trump. So, and they know this. And they have been told that they will get their asses wiped out in um, in 2018, and they know this, and they believe it. They see the writing on the on the walls. So my thinking is that they're not going to mess with Social Security because that's a surefire death sentence for the Republicans uh, in the midterms of 2018. That's a surefire death sentence, and they want to, and they 
want to stay in power, which I don't think they will. The Republicans are hoping that we, the people, that we forget. They hope by they hope by November 2018 that we forget that they've been a bunch of assholes and they passed this passed this monstrosity of a tax of a of tax reform. It's nothing but a giveaway to the rich. They threw a they threw a few crumbs to the middle class, but it's basically a giveaway to the rich, and that's all it is. And um, I, I don't think they're going to mess with it unless they just don't care. And the Republicans, they really do not care. But we're going to we're going to um, we're going to monitor this monitor this you know, because. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is just an awful president. He's just an awful president. After, you know what? After the tax bill was passed and he signed it into law, this guy went to Mar-a-Lago, his property, and told all the rich guys and girls there that they just got a tax cut. He told them that they just got a. Actually, he said they just got richer. They uh, they just got richer, okay? Just he just threw it in the face of the uh, poor and the middle class. They just got richer. That's what this was. That's what this was all about. This was all about um, taking money from the poor, taking money from the middle class, and giving it to the rich. That's what it was all about, and that's what it's always going to be about with uh, with Donald Trump. And it's it's so sickening that this is happening, totally is happening, and it, it it's wrong. It's totally wrong. All right, we're waiting for this. Don't seem like it's coming. I think we're off. Oh wow, we're messed up. This is hmm. all right, folks. It seems we're having some difficulty. I'm gonna blame it on the weather. I don't know any. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on the weather. I don't even know what's going on. But um, right now, uh, let's see. Okay, we've got about everything seems to be going on one cylinder. Yes, yeah, something is totally, totally wrong. Okay. Usually it says how many minutes are left into the show, but then this is the George Wilder Jr. show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah.
Okay, they have reconnected me. I don't know what that means, but I've re- been reconnected. Um, there is something, I believe there's something wrong with one of the drivers into this particular computer. And um, everything else is working fine, but it's something in this, it's something about this driver uh, on this computer. So what we're going to do this, we're going to, while we're here, we're going to, um, I'm appreciated. Um, Everybody out there sticking with me while I'm going through this, but uh, we have to find out what it is. And so we're going to do um, something strong, Firefox. Okay. All righty. We need to do this. We will. I'm here today to talk about a disturbing question, which has an equally disturbing answer. My topic is the secrets of domestic violence. And the question I'm going to tackle is the one question everyone always asks. Why does she stay? Why would anyone stay with a man who beats her? I'm not a psychiatrist, a social worker, or an expert in domestic violence. I'm just one woman with a story to tell. I was 22. I had just graduated from Harvard College. I'd moved to New York City for my first job as a writer and editor at Seventeen Magazine. I had my first apartment, my first little green American Express card, and I had a very big secret. My secret was that I had this gun loaded with hollow point bullets pointed at my head by the man who I thought was my soulmate many, many times. The man who I loved more than anybody on earth held a gun to my head and threatened to kill me more times than I can even remember. I'm here to tell you the story of crazy love, a psychological trap disguised as love, one that millions of women and even a few men fall into every year. It may even be your story. I don't look like a typical domestic violence survivor. I have a BA in English from Harvard College, an MBA in marketing from Wharton Business School. I spent most of my career working for Fortune 500 companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Leo Burnett, and The Washington Post. I've been married for almost 20 years to my second husband, and we have three kids together. My dog is a black lab, and I drive a Honda Odyssey minivan. (laughs) So my first message for you is that domestic violence happens to everyone. All races, all religions, all income and education levels. It's everywhere. And my second message is that everyone thinks domestic violence happens to women, that it's a women's issue. Not exactly. Over 85% of abusers are men. And domestic abuse happens only in intimate, interdependent, long-term relationships. In other words, in families the last place we would want or expect to find violence, which is one reason domestic abuse is so confusing. I would have told you myself that I was the last person on earth who would stay with a man who beats me. But in fact, I was a very typical victim because of my age. I was 22. And in the United States, women ages 16 to 24 are three times as likely to be domestic violence victims 
as women of other ages. And over 500 women and girls this age are killed every year by abusive partners, boyfriends, and husbands in the United States. I was also a very typical victim because I knew nothing about domestic violence, its warning signs or its patterns. I met Connor on a cold, rainy January night. He sat next to me on the New York City subway, and he started chatting me up. He told me two things. One was that he, too, had just graduated from an Ivy League school, and that he worked at a very impressive Wall Street bank. But what made the biggest impression on me that first meeting was that he was smart and funny, and he looked like a farm boy. He had these big cheeks, these big apple cheeks, and this wheat blonde hair, and he seemed so sweet. One of the smartest things Connor did from the very beginning was to create the illusion that I was the dominant partner in the relationship. He did this, especially at the beginning, by idolizing me. We started dating, and he loved everything about me that I was smart, that I'd gone to Harvard, that I was passionate about helping teenage girls and my job. He wanted to know everything about my family and my childhood, my hopes and dreams. Connor believed in me as a writer and a woman in a way that no one else ever had. And he also created a magical atmosphere of trust between us by confessing his secret, which was that as a very young boy starting at age four, he had been savagely and repeatedly physically abused by his stepfather. And the abuse had gotten so bad that he had had to drop out of school in eighth grade, even though he was very smart. And he'd spent almost 20 years rebuilding his life, which is why that Ivy League degree and the Wall Street job and his bright, shiny future meant so much to him. If you had told me that this smart, funny, sensitive man who adored me would one day dictate whether or not I wore makeup. How short my skirts were, where I lived, what jobs I took, who my friends were, and where I spent Christmas, I would have laughed at you. Because there was not a hint of violence or control or anger in Connor at the beginning. I didn't know that the first stage in any domestic violence relationship is to seduce and charm the victim. I also didn't know that the second step is to isolate the victim. Now, Connor did not come home one day and announce, you know, hey, this, all this Romeo and Juliet stuff has been great, but I need to move into the next phase where I isolate you and I abuse you. <laughs> so I need to get you out of this apartment where the neighbors can hear you scream and out of this city where you have friends and family and coworkers who can see the bruises. Instead, Connor came home one Friday evening and he told me that he had quit his job that day. His dream job. And he said that he had quit his job because of me, because I had made him feel so safe and loved that he didn't need to prove himself on Wall Street anymore. And he just wanted to get out of the city and away from his abusive, dysfunctional family and move to a tiny town in New England where he could start his life over with me by his side. Now, the last thing I wanted to do was leave New York. And my, my dream job. But I thought you made sacrifices for your soulmate. So I agreed. And I quit my job. And Connor and I left Manhattan together. 
I had no idea I was falling into crazy love, that I was walking headfirst into a carefully laid physical, financial, and psychological trap. The next step in the domestic violence pattern is to introduce the threat of violence and see how she reacts. And here's where those guns come in. As soon as we moved to New England, you know that place where Connor was supposed to feel so safe? He bought three guns. He kept one in the glove compartment of our car. He kept one under the pillows on our bed. And the third one he kept in his pocket at all times. And he said that he needed those guns because of the trauma he'd experienced as a young boy. He needed them to feel protected. But those guns were really a message for me. And even though he hadn't raised a hand to me, my life was already in grave danger every minute of every day. Connor first physically attacked me five days before our wedding. It was 7 a.m. I still had on my nightgown. I was working on my computer trying to finish a freelance writing assignment, and I got frustrated. And Connor used my anger as an excuse to put both of his hands around my neck and to squeeze so tightly that I could not breathe or scream. And he used the chokehold to hit my head repeatedly against the wall. Five days later, the ten bruises on my neck had just faded, and I put on my mother's wedding dress, and I married him. Despite what had happened, I was sure we were going to live happily ever after. Because I loved him, and he loved me so much. And he was very, very sorry. He had just been really stressed out by the wedding and by becoming a family with me. It was an isolated incident, and he was never going to hurt me again. It happened twice more on the honeymoon. The first time, I was driving to find a secret beach. And I got lost. And he punched me in the side of my head so hard that the other side of my head repeatedly hit the driver's side window. And then a few days later, driving home from our honeymoon, he got frustrated by traffic and he threw a cold Big Mac in my face. Connor proceeded to beat me once or twice a week for the next two and a half years of our marriage. I was mistaken in thinking that I was unique and alone in this situation. One in three American women experiences domestic violence or stalking at some point in her life. And the CDC reports that 15 million children are abused every year. 15 million. So actually, I was in very good company. Back to my question. Why did I stay? The answer is easy. I didn't know he was abusing me. Even though he held those loaded guns to my head, pushed me downstairs, threatened to kill our dog, pulled the key out of the car ignition as I drove down the highway, poured coffee grinds on my head as I dressed for a job interview, I never once thought of myself as a battered wife. Instead, I was a very strong woman in love with a deeply troubled man, and I was the only person on earth who could help Connor face his demons. The other question everybody asks is, why doesn't she just leave? Why didn't I walk out? I could have left any time. To me, this is the saddest and most painful question that people ask, 
Because we victims know something you usually don't. It's incredibly dangerous to leave an abuser. Because the final step in the domestic violence pattern is kill her. Over 70% of domestic violence murders happen after the victim has ended the relationship, after she's gotten out, because then the abuser has nothing left to lose. Other outcomes include long-term stalking, even after the abuser remarries, denial of financial resources, and manipulation of the family court system to terrify the victim and her children, who are regularly forced by family court judges to spend unsupervised time with the man who beat their mother. And still we ask, why doesn't she just leave? I was able to leave because of one final sadistic beating that broke through my denial. I realized that the man who I loved so much was going to kill me if I let him. So I broke the silence. I told everyone. The police, my neighbors, my friends and family, total strangers. And I'm here today because you all helped me. We tend to stereotype victims as grisly headlines, self-destructive women, damaged goods. The question, why does she stay, is code for some people for it's her fault for staying. As if victims intentionally choose to fall in love with men intent upon destroying us. But since publishing Crazy Love, I have heard hundreds of stories from men and women who also got out, who learned an invaluable life lesson from what happened, and who rebuilt lives, joyous, happy lives, as employees, wives, and mothers, lives completely free of violence, like me. Because it turns out that I'm actually a very typical domestic violence victim and a typical domestic violence survivor. I remarried a kind and gentle man we have those three kids. I have that black lab, Good and I have you. that minivan. What I will never have again, ever, is a loaded gun held to my head by someone who says that he loves me. I agree with you. I totally agree.
We may be back on track, folks. We've been having some difficulties on the show. Uh, hopefully, we are back on track, uh, you know, so, and uh, everything looks good, but, you know, you never know. We're having problems. Uh, maybe, maybe weather-related problems. I don't know. It could be, it could be the um, um, instrument here. It could be computer problems. It could be... Um, anything you know but uh it's not uh purposely um sought out to do something like this it's anyway i'm looking at huffington post and it says mueller muller probe outgrows its witch hunt phase this should uh put more um fear into the heart of those folks in the white house that this guy is going to be locking some people up he's going to be subpoenaing some of these guys and girls he's going to be you know um indicting some of these folks and this is the reason why this is the main reason if you've been listening to the show and other other shows you'll know that uh fox news and the republicans they are vilifying the fbi they are vilifying robert Mueller. they are vilifying i don't these people are the dumbest people in the world over there at fox news i mean if they're gonna vilify the fbi the way they're doing to set up supporting uh this fbi the FBI is in the it belongs is a part of Trump's cabinet. He's vilifying his own agency. How dumb is that? Okay, FBI. I mean, these guys and girls work their asses off to keep us safe. These guys and girls work their asses off to keep the president and these assholes in Congress safe, and yet they're vilifying them. I mean, they are speaking as if the FBI is lower than horse manure. I mean, if you listen to Fox, which I do not. But the news is all coming out all everywhere, every day. And these people are vilifying um, 
the reputation of Robert Mueller. And Robert Mueller should just lock up every one of them, son of a guns, in, in Congress. And Fox News should be shut down because they are danger and treasonous to the, to the American public. They, they should be shut the hell down. They should be taken off the air, period. But, you know, they, won't, they will not be. It's up to the American people to take this country back. Totally, totally. And Mueller, I don't think, matter of fact, I'm going to go out and say that this, everything that's being said about the FBI and Mueller, I'm pretty sure these guys and girls don't give a damn. They're going to do their jobs, and they're going to do them uh, uh, fully and to the best of their ability, and they're going to come out with indictments, subpoenas, all kinds of stuff, arrests, handcuffs, leg irons, and just drive these people from the White House and Congress. Because Congress, the Republicans in Congress, they're aiding and abetting Trump. I mean, these people are selling their souls to the devil to protect Trump. They are. I mean, they are. And, and, and in some instances, Trump has brought out the worst in these Republicans. He's brought out racism. He's brought out uh, hate. He's brought out the fact that they don't give a damn about the people who put their asses in, in office or the American people in general. If they say they care about Americans BSing you, the Republicans care about nothing but themselves. They care about nothing but other rich people who think and act just as erotic as they do. These guys and girls, the Republicans should be should never ever be elected to any office ever. They should be voted all out on their asses, and that is uh, saying it lightly. Uh, okay, because the way they're vilifying this guy, it, obviously Mueller is Bob uh, Robert Mueller is scaring their asses to death. Obviously, these people are guilty as hell, or they wouldn't be trying drug justice. That's what they're doing. Trump obstructs justice every time he opens his mouth. He obstructs justice. The Republicans obstruct justice when they vilify and try to bash and ruin their own agency, the FBI. They're obstructing justice. All of these people should be taken out of the White House, taken out of Congress. Fox News should be thrown the hell off the air so we can get America back to being America again. And never, ever vote for another Republican. It's not worth it. It's, it's just not worth it. You know, and we, we have a lot to say. We will have a lot to say come November 2018 and the Republicans' noses. Some of these girls are messing bricks. Some of these guys and girls are messing bricks because they know that the people are going to vote their asses out. But right now, the Trump, his voting, his, um, he has a commission on voter fraud. Okay, I'm trying to get that straight, uh, which is basically they're trying to find ways to keep you from voting because they know that you're gonna, we're going to vote their asses out. But they can come up with every kind of voter fraud that they want. I don't care what it is. You want to come up with some – 
millions and millions and millions and millions of people are going to vote. You may stop a few people from voting, but you ain't going to stop the entire um, uh, 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 American population from voting who are at voting age. All right, Steve Bannon's eyes lit up several months before he left his job as a senior White House advisor last August. If you think about Steve Steve Bannon, I agree with some people who say he looks like a drunk, crawled in off the street, unshaven, obese, uh, uh, slimy. He just looks, uh, he's trying to be, He's trying to be warranted or, or is trying to be a part of a, uh, of a situation that a lot of people don't want him to be a part of. You know, he's just a mess. I mean, this, I mean, he is one of the guys who is screwing up the Republican Party, Bannon. Uh, and this is just crazy. Okay, um, what else is it saying about Bannon? It's saying that uh, Bannon was talking to President Trump about brewing political storm over the Justice Justice Department into his campaign alleged ties with the Kremlin. Suddenly, Trump had an inspiration. He looked straight at Bannon, jabbed him (laughs) with a finger, and uttered the phrase that would become the slogan of the White House pushback against the Russia probe witch hunt. Brilliant, thought Trump, as he later related the exchange to colleagues. Oh, yeah, everything that Trump and his goons do is scripted. <laughs> it's scripted. They, everything that comes out of Trump's mouth is scripted. There are some things that comes out of his mouth that's not scripted. But whatever comes out of his mouth is stupid. Okay? Um, Trump and his goons, are, they're just making money off America. They want to get rich off of America and off of Americans. Every time they cut a program or this tax reform boondoggle, you know, that money is going straight into the pockets of the rich people, and they're gloating about it. <laughs> they're over there gloating. Well, we got their money. We got the money for schools. We got the money for uh, food stamps. We got the money for uh, rental assistance, and they're gloating about it, taking money from the poor, putting it in the pockets of the corporations and the rich. Donald Trump said at, a few days ago at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this broadcast, They've got richer. You've just got richer. He was telling some people at his Mar-a-Lago Mar- Mar- resort the other day. You might have read that. You might have heard that. But that's pathetic. Taking money out of your pocket and then going to then gonna go brag about it. This is Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump. And we have to do something about this come November uh, 6, 2018. The George Wilder Jr. Show is back. We've, uh, we we um, did a little hiatus because of the holidays, but we're back and we're we're on this we're beating the same drum. We have to get Democrats in office. We have to vote, folks. I get pissed off. I know you're mad as hell. Uh, the uh, the popular vote did not go for Donald Trump. He knows it, and that's pissing him off. Um, he can't stand uh, Barack Obama. He is jealous as as you know what. Uh, but we just have to take this country back. We just have to take America back. And the Republicans know they are uh, grass when it comes to uh, uh, the 2016, the 2017, pardon me, the 2018 elections. 
And we have to be on the ball, folks. We have to be on the ball because this is our country. They want to take America down. They don't give a damn how far it goes down as long as they can line their pockets. That's all about it. And this tax bill is nothing. If anybody thinks this tax, the tax, this tax reform thing that they just passed is going to benefit them, if they're not rich, it, they're crazy. Yeah, they threw, a, they threw a few crumbs out there at the middle class, at the poor. But the big benefit factors are the rich. There's no doubt about it. Anybody will tell you that. Uh, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and we're all about making the world a better place, folks. Uh, we've been having some difficulties on the show today. I want, once again, I want to apologize for that. Uh, and uh, we just have to we we just have to go from there. We haven't been on the been on the air for about four or five days, and we've been having some really really harsh weather. And um, I did. Uh, anybody ever took a computer back to factory settings? That could be the problem. Who knows? But there is a problem, and we're gonna have to deal with it. And once we deal with it, everything should be okay for the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. We, whoa, whoa, we got about uh, seven more minutes left into the show. Um, okay, but now as Trump prepares to end his first year in office, which was a debacle in itself, the witch hunt narrative may have outlived its usefulness. Mueller's investigation has expanded and gain serious traction. That sounds good. Let me read that again. Mueller's investigation has expanded and gained serious traction. Serious traction. The president's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, and Manafort's chief deputy, chief deputy Rick Gates, have been indicted. His former national security, Michael Flynn, has pleaded guilty and is now cooperating. Is now a a cooperating witness. So two is a former foreign policy advisor, George Papanopoulos, who has admitted lying to the FBI about repeated contacts with alleged, with alleged Russian uh, uh, cutouts who had offered Trump campaign dirt on Hillary in the form of a thousand emails. I mean, Trump is totally guilty. He will be locked up. He will be impeached. He will be thrown out of office. And this is why Fox News and a lot of these conservative talk show hosts, whether it's on television, on the radio, they're vilifying Robert Mueller. They know that Trump is going to go down. They are these. If anybody is guilty of anything, these people are guilty. They act guilty. <laughs> Haven't they watched enough? Uh, uh, cops and robbers on television. You don't act guilty. You don't look guilty. You don't, you know, you don't incriminate yourself. But these guys and girls are in Washington, in the White House. They're they're incriminating themselves because they are instructing obstructing justice. They want to take Mueller down. They want to see him fired because he's coming after Trump. Trump should have been out of office. A year is too long. He's he's a He's a proven uh, sexual misconduct kind of a guy. So we just going to have to, and I'm hearing, I, I don't know if this is true. I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that 
uh, this investigation can wrap up really, really soon. But I'm hearing it may take another year before it does that. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that uh, it can get done before then because we need this man out of office. Every day that this man is president of the United States, he's going <laughs> to – he's uh, there's no telling what he's what he and his gang of goons are going to do. So we have to get this guy out. I mean, he has to be gone. It's it's one it's 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 one of my priorities as a radio show talk host and an advocate uh, for a better America that we have to do this. I didn't vote for him. I'm pretty sure you didn't vote for him. And a lot of people who did vote for him are uh, saying they wish they had not voted for him because he has turned on them. He has made their lives a lot worse, and he has. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of a lot of his voters are disappointed in the way he is. You know, I mean, because what the Trump, what what Trump and the Republicans are doing is they're not they're not just doing it to people who did not vote for him. They're doing it to the folks who voted for him. You know, I mean. And I always say, hey, wow, look who you voted for. Wow. You know, you can't blame anything anything or anyone but yourself because you voted for this nincompoop. You voted for this. And now the Republicans are giddy about having Donald Trump in office because because he's stupid and they're stupid. So they, you know, uh, there you go. They, they've got something in common.
Now lay me down before I couldn't sleep. In a troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. possibility of weather-related uh, causes for the George Wilder Jr. Show. But thanks for listening, folks, and we hope to see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Have a great evening. Stay warm. Stay warm. <laughs> Stay warm out there. Thanks for listening to the show. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.